Well, hey, welcome to the Marketing and Branding Podcast. We're here in sunny, exotic Norwalk, Ohio at Bluto's Hometown Tavern. Um, what we're going to do today, there's, uh, this is sponsored by three different businesses, Foghorn Designs, Oddfellow Photography, and Street Smart Business. We're going to go ahead and introduce everybody real quick so everybody knows uh, who we are up here, and then we're just going to get after it. We're going to bullshit like we do when we're together on a Friday night drinking alcohol, and try to come up with some good business advice for you guys. So on my right is Trevor. Hi. Hello. Hi. Yes, I'm <laughs> amazing. amazing. This is going to be great. Everybody got a pen and paper out. Riveting. Shit just got real. No, I'm Trevor Rude, uh, owner of Foghorn Designs here in Norwalk. Been in business uh, 13 years, well, almost 13 years now. Um, our, our business mainly uh, signage, branding, screen printing, custom apparel. Um, we get your name on there so you can get it out there. So, I like that. Is that your slogan? It's one of them. Hey, somebody write that down. That was good. <laughs> we get your name on there so you can get it out there? I'll give that credit to Lindy. She came up with that, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a good one. Thanks. Tony. Hi, I'm Tony. Um, I own Oddfellow Photography and Productions. Um, I've been doing it for two years as like a content creator, but I've been in the creative arts for over 20 years. Uh, tried to make my way as a freelancer for most of those 20 years. Um, and we're making it work, finally. It only took me till I was, you know, almost 40 to do that. But we're making it work now, so. And I'm, oh wait, and I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy you're here too. <laughs> so 40 years. So the uh, note to self, don't listen to Tony unless you want to go the long way around the block. Yeah, you guys have been doing it for decades. Like, <laughs> Almost two. But hey, it's going, it's going well. So, <laughs> Well, I'm Eric Brown. Um, I am a financial advisor with Legacy Capital Advisors here in Norwalk, Ohio. Uh, we manage money for mainly small business owners, uh, farmers, entrepreneurs, um, high net worth investors. Um, also farm full time. Um, my beautiful wife, Tracy, is the owner of Brown Crane Associates here in town. Uh, she, knowing, I got really disappointed with how expensive taxes cost to be prepared, so I decided to sleep with my accountant. And then it, that, it, one thing led to another, and it worked right. out. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is children present. I'm sorry. Well, it's not like they don't well, sleeping with came long before they did. <laughs> yeah, that's how they got here. <laughs> I needed a tax deduction. <laughs> it's not stopping, and we're just getting going. Well, hey, we are so, so glad that everybody's here. Um, just a quick show of hands, and I know this isn't going to translate on video very well, but it is good for our knowledge. How many people here are truly small business owners or work in a position where they have to market and brand? Whole crew. Okay, very cool. Um, is it something that you love to do, something that you're great at, something that you're seeing high results from, that you're totally tickled with, you got it all figured out? Anybody? Tim Fitzgerald. Yes. Very good. Well done. <laughs> well done. Proved he was still awake. So what we want to do is we kind of, you know, to go forward and to figure out what the sneaks are, what the ideas are, what the shortcuts in air quotes are, we kind of got to go backwards a little bit first. And there's a lot of confusion between what is branding, what is marketing, and what is sales. Because it all kind of, you know, a lot of times in businesses and with owners, we end up interchanging those, those words. Anybody want to take a crack at and, and explain to the crew what branding, marketing, and sales are? Um, sure. Uh, so in a nutshell, branding is who you are. It's your identity. Uh, it's your, it's uh, your customer's perception of you. 
Uh, marketing is the vehicle that you use to get your name out there. Um, sales is the result of successful marketing and branding. That's How would you my, say it, Tony? Michelle. How would I say it? <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. The only time I've taken notes in my life. <clears throat> so. <laughs> I didn't bring any notes. What is branding? So I, I had to look this up in my dictionary and on Google. I consulted real world books and the internet, just to be sure. Um, branding is the action of marketing with a branding iron. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh, no, that's what you do to cows. Yes. Yeah. But Close, the reason no. they did that is so when the cattle like went into the processing places, they knew which farms they came from. Branding, which is where that word comes from, is so I know that cow is mine and I can identify it. So if that's where the word comes from, then kind of carry it forward. The term wasn't even used to the way we're going to be talking about it until the 90s. You can see Google Trends from the 1800s and literature and all these things. And then all of a sudden in the mid nineties, it goes whoop, and all these people are like the McDonald's arches and Nike and so on and so on. So the promotion of a particular product or company by means of advertising and distinctive design. I like it. So I like, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so good. Broad, I like Trevor's better. And, on that and one. as I Googled all this, I realized that it's completely <laughs> insane because there are a million different definitions for each one of the words, branding, marketing, and sales. And so branding is who you are and why people are going to resonate with that, why they're going to remember it. So the McDonald's arches, the Nike symbol, these things, or who you are as a person or how funny your uniforms were at this particular restaurant or business, right? And marketing is how you let people know about that, how you're going to get that message out there. And then sales is how you actually convert that to money, but without actually letting that person know. Because there is actually one definition I like. Hold on. It's a little preemptive on that. <laughs> yeah. I had it planned out and I did it at the wrong time. So when we talk about selling, um, this is the one that I thought was really funny. And this is why most of us who are business owners hate the word sale. It's because persuade someone of the merits of. So that means persuade. That's the first word that it showed me. It was persuade. So it makes it feel like you're like... Uh, this is, this is the greatest car you've ever been in, and I totally didn't roll back the odometer. But that's, that's how we all feel about it. But then the next two really piqued my interest. Be the reason for something being bought, or cause, this was my favorite, cause someone to become enthusiastic about. I would love to go on Friday, mm -hmm. but I'm not really sold on that. That definition made more sense to me than all the other things that talked about, oh, converting a marketing strategy into money. That's so tired and boring, and I think that's the reason so many of us shy away from it. It's really like getting someone to be enthusiastic. Don't even use the pers word persuade. It's like if you can get somebody like, yeah, I'm sold on that, man. Let's go to Cedar Point on Friday or whatever it is. Now I'm done. God damn it. That goes like that all night, dude. I'm out. I'm yeah, just done. Done. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot. Can you take me home? Yeah. I feel like I have a hemorrhoid now that I didn't have before. Can you drive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I want to get into, because again, we've, we've defined it. We took our step back. But most small businesses are so good at what they do. I'm sure, I know we have some hair people in here. Um, we have some, a, a timber dude. We have an appliance dude. We have a accounting. You know, we have a little bit of everything. We, hell, we have the people that own, own hometown here that we're, that we're sitting in tonight. Everybody's perception of what their brand really is, is different. 
in Trevor, in real terms, the way that we want to present it, we what, what we want them to know, what determines brand? What determines brand? What makes it up? Who you are, your culture, uh, every every touch point of your business. Uh, Explain that. Someone quick. walks in the front door. What do they smell? What do they see? What do they hear? Um, how are they greeted? Um, when they call and answer, you know who's on the other end. How are they? How are they saying hello? Are they making you feel welcome? Um, the brand is far more than what most people think. It's not just a logo. That's part of it. That's a very small part of it. Um, it's everything. It is every aspect and touch point that your customer experiences with you and and your product. So, Tony, if you take a chance and you want to go back and you want to look at your own brand and your own business right now, and you're somebody that's sitting here tonight or listening to this on a recording, you know, 2,075 years from now when they still want to learn about marketing and branding yet, um, what are some things that you could do that would change brand perception to your clients or to your prospects, people that you're looking to have as clients? Some things that I would change about who I am right now or from when I started? Either. I mean, we have everybody in here. We have people that have just started businesses, and we have people that have mature businesses. So it took me, I'll just say that it took me a while to know who I was. I knew who I wanted to be because when you get into a particular business, it's not because it's like, you know, I fucking hate tires. Let me go sell them. You know what I mean? You Mm -hmm. probably have some kind of vested interest in what it is that you're selling. So, but you still have to do it to figure it out who you are along the way. You know, the way I was trying to market myself two years ago was just like, that's me. You know me, right? I I put myself out there in the community, you know, hire me to do this. And now it's more like I know what I'm going for, you know, and how I want people to walk away feeling. Sorry. That is. Should unplug that It is. And that is free of charge, just so you know. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, So if there's anything that I could change... I don't think it would be. It was like I had to figure it out. I had to do it. I had to let some clients down mm-hmm. because they had an expectation going into it about how the process would be. And then I had to really impress some clients. And then they would give me that feedback through a Google review or a text message or something. And so piecing that stuff together helped me like, oh, this is, this is what I do well. And right. so this is the experience that I can actually offer to somebody. And so that, that's my brand. And that's what I'm going to start pushing. You know, and gear my message more towards that than just like a, and trying to please everybody. You know, I was a musician for 20 years, and I tried to please everybody. I tried to play music that everybody would like, which is okay, but you end up getting a C rating for that because it's then it's just like okay for everybody instead of being like, no, I play metal better than everybody. You know, I play country better than everybody. You know, so my brand, I wanted to be everything to everyone, but then as time has gone on, I realize who my clients are and I realize what I actually do well. And so that's what I, I wish I could know that sooner. That's the only thing I would change is that I wish I could know it sooner. That's a struggle with everyone. Uh, anyone here, do you only cater to your ideal client? Anyone? Does anyone, have, have you put together your ideal client? Have you made an avatar of who you wanna work with every day? Explain that. How, how old do, are they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who, they you know, from? how old are they? Where are they from? What's the demographic? Um, you know, how much they make in a year? What are they? Who who do you want to work with? And it, you can be as selfish as you want to be with that. Um, but I would say that probably no one only works with those people. Yeah. It's very hard to do. It's it's hard to take that leap. 
something that I struggle with. I'm working on it constantly. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, you, you find different avenues of, of, you know, you don't tell people you don't want to work with them, but you find ways to push them away a little bit, yeah. deter them from coming. Are any of those in here, those people? As you've pushed away? No. Okay, that's a good thing. <laughs> I want you to think before you speak from now on. So Oof. one thing to consider, if, if uh, you need to figure out and you haven't honestly taken the time to figure out what your ideal client lo looks like and who they are, here's a quick way to put your initial starting point in. Look at your existing client base. And those people in there that are the highest margin people, the most enjoyable for you to work with, the ones that you would probably consider friends outside of the workplace, that's probably a good place to start and look at what the similarities are. When's their average date of birth? You know, what are their earnings? What magazines do they read? And we'll get into this a little, a little bit later and figuring out how to sell somebody. But honestly, creating that ideal client is going to be the basis for how you're making the most profit for the least amount of effort you're putting in today in the business. And any, go ahead. No, something that you told us early on, we're allowed to fire clients. Yep. Preach. Absolutely. Yeah, we have a no dickhead rule. Every business should have one. I mean, especially if, if the client is bad with your employees or bad with your staff, they got to go. And sometimes they have to go physically. It's fine. You know, it, it's cool. It's therapeutic for most of us. Sometimes they're not even a dickhead. Like early on, it was after COVID. I didn't have like a, a real nine to five job and I was just trying to grow the business. There was a couple clients that reached out with a few expectations and a photo shoot is a weird thing. You know what I mean? Most people don't want to do it except for like the mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like she would be like, I want to do this and this and this and then we're going to go here and do this and this and then we have this outfit change. And, a, and there was a couple times, even though I really would have liked to take her money, I was like, I don't think I'm the right photographer for you. I can think of two distinct times. So it's not always that they're mm -hmm. a dick. It's just like, I know I'm not going to give you what you want. So find somebody yeah. else. And if you put together that avatar, you'll probably want to fire 80% of your clients. And that is scary as shit. Hell yeah. I mean, that, that it, but it's true. I, what or need principle, to. You might need to. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you really truly yeah. want to grow your business the way you know, in, in a way that you enjoy, you, you show up to work every day, you're, you're pumped to get there. Um, you know, some days I am, some days I'm not, and it's because I haven't fired enough people. Customers, clients, not employees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <wow. laughs> um, but I, it, it's probably 80%. Once you really get down to the people you really want to work with, it's probably 80%. And that is why most people don't do it, because you think about cutting away 80% of your customers. It's a lot, and it's scary, but work towards it. You don't have to cut them all off right at, right at, one, at, at one time, but um, the minute you get rid of your, your bottom 10%, man, that feels good. feels real good. Well, I've sure done that a couple times. I'm sure we've all been there. It's like, how many times have you walked into a place and known, like, these are my people? I'm in the right place. I'm around the right people. This store is for me. This car is for me. This drink is for me. Whatever it might be. Like, when we feel that way, we feel like we found it, you know? But it's scary to be the one providing that experience because, you, like Trevor said, you're alienating 80% of people and possibly turning away money that would be really nice to see in your checking account. One thing we have to think about, too, I'm going to give you a couple leading questions, and I'm, I'm pushing towards a point. I'm, I'm guessing you guys are probably figuring out where I'm going. I was wondering when the pop quiz was going to yeah, go. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, go ahead. It's coming. Go ahead. Um, so first of all, I mean, is business easy? Small business, is it easy? 
Okay, so you have to put a little blood, sweat, and tears into it. There's a little sacrifice. There's a little nights away from home. There's a little being away from the family. There's a little, oh, crap, the creditors are calling. Oh, my God, the bank doesn't want to work with me. Oh, my God, my shitty client just fired me. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we talk about brand, and I'm bringing this back to the track here a little bit, okay. you have to understand there's a reason why you do what you do. Yep. We have to, when we're creating our brand, we have to understand what is our why. Why do we do it? And the reason why we do it will end up being the core principle to creating our brand. Because what's going to happen, those best clients, the clients that respond to our brand, are going to end up being the ones that have the same why, appreciate your why, respect your why. They're going to understand why you're doing it. Most of us these days, I mean, if you half-ass suck as an employee, you're going to get a great job right now, right? So most of us as business owners probably could make easier money being somebody else's employee, correct? So we have to explain to ourselves and verbalize and be able to, re- to repeat it in a way that our clients understand so they know exactly who we are, why we do what we do, and why we are their best choice in whatever our product and service is. So branding always starts with why we staying up all night, why we spending our money. Agreed? Yep. So after branding, if we go ahead and figure that out, you know, we talked about everything that comes into it. We've now determined why we do it, who we are, what our core concepts and beliefs are, who our characters are, you know, what our character is. We've talked about what our ideal client looks like, who they are, how they buy, how they buy stuff, what their beliefs are, what's their why. So all of a sudden now, we've got this belief, how do we get it out and talk to people and, to, and tell people so they know? So on the way here, I actually thought about a couple different scenarios. So once you have the branding piece figured out and you know who you are, what you're doing, all the things he listed off, I thought about the difference between two people. So let's say there's a guy, his name's Pete, um, and he works on small engines, right? And he has Pete's piston repair. And then there's another guy named Bob, and he's more conservative. Pete's like kind of loud kind of ridiculous he might say some shit that like might offend some people but he might say some shit that might make other people laugh and so he's not for everybody and that's the thing so how do you how do you market a small engine repair business like we know what you do there's really no mystery there like i'm gonna take my car to you when something's messed up right but the funny part is is that pete who's the jokester could be like pete's piston repair get shafted you know what i mean (laughs) and so that's okay because he knows who his clientele is, and they're going to be like, yeah, it's the dude with the get shafted sign. They're like, oh, yeah, I saw that. That was kind of funny. Those are his people. But then there's the other guy, Bob, who's more conservative, like Bob Small Engine Repair. Small engine repairs at a fraction of the cost. Super boring, but there's some super boring fucking people out there. So that's and he's for them. You know what I mean? But Pete's not. And so I think that's, that's mm-hmm. the difference. Once you know who your brand or what you are or what your brand is, it's so much easier to do the marketing. But if you skip that part then you're going to end up falling into the same boring traps as everybody else and just being like, I make cookies for birthday parties. Buy them from me. It's not compelling and it's not going to work. Well, the example that I like to use a lot of times is, you know, the way marketing works for a good chunk of the people, even in this room, is that they, you know, I, I consider the client as a rock star up on the stage. And all of a sudden, all business owners that they could choose to spend their money with or buy from all of a sudden, they're all standing down in the crowd, all jumping up. Pick me, pick me, pick me. And there's no way to differentiate 
which person should I pick? So marketing to me is making sure that I'm on stage with the rock star while everybody else is down in the crowd jumping up and down saying, pick me, pick me. So marketing is differentiation. Marketing is showing how you can be different in the same exact, I mean, how many, again, the, the same thing in the world, how many pizza shops are there? How many mechanics are there? How many car dealers are there? There's always gonna be another person doing what you're doing, but I can test that we're in an environment today where there is no competition. If you have competition, it's because you're lazy and you're not doing what you need to do, period. Sorry if I hurt your feelings. It's the truth. And all of us here could tell marketing mistakes or how we sucked and how we were jumping up in the crowd and they picked everybody else. Hell, I got a face for radio, dude. Nobody wants to do business with me because how I look, right? I mean, we're all, every, all of us have these things about us that just aren't appealing to the whole masses. So we have to figure out how to set ourselves apart so that we're one of a kind when that client is out there shopping wanting to spend their dollar. Anything to add? You guys are great. <laughs> Thanks, Trev. It's my nope. first time. Nope. You guys nailed it. I'm not going to add to that one. Well, one thing I think I want to drill into a little bit, um, and this has to go a lot because um, everybody here, I mean, it all sounds good what we're saying so far, but there's not been anything actionable to this point, correct? Outside of using Nothing. your client base to figure out who your ideal client is. Yep. So here's where we're going to start getting a little intuitive. So all of a sudden we find ideal client. How do we get to know them better? Where do they go to church? Where do they buy their groceries? What magazines are they reading? What music do they listen to? Where do they park their car? How big's their house? What neighborhood do they live in? And I want to be called, the term I always use is apostle. Some people use something else. But I want to be the biggest advocate where I understand exactly and can uh, verbalize to them how they feel inside of their chest. The things that make them anxious, the things that make them excited, the things that fulfill them and make them know that they're going in the right direction and they're happy and they're at peace and, and they're fulfilling all their dreams. Um, and the only way I can do that is I have to become a student of the game. It's more than just opening the door and putting an open sign on the door. It's about truly figuring out, as we talked about, the ideal client and then becoming a student of them. So this is something that everybody can do. Again, if we go through and figure out who our clients are, just a little bit of time asking some questions. Yep. You know, figuring, you know, I think in most systems, if we set them up correctly, the sales part of the process is getting the information from them. If we do our job right when we have our brand message in our lane and it's ideal the way it's supposed to be, we're talking to the right people. At that point, it's 100% about being able to thoroughly understand them and collect the data. Now, does anybody in here using a customer resource management software of any kind? A CRM? Got one? Can you tell me what CRM is, Trevor? Yeah, it's essentially software that allows you to input data about uh, pretty much every interaction uh, you have with your client. Um, and it helps you to remember their the birthday and you know their kid's name and you know that they have a golden retriever whatever anything that gives you an advantage when you are talking with them that you can bring up and relate to um, and make them it helps build relationships um, 
it, it's it's something that I'm terrible at. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna not lie, I, CRMs are not fun. They're not fun um, They're 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 very uh, time consuming to put together, especially initially. Um, but if you if you utilize them, they're gold. Yeah, because it's like customer name, customer address, all their contact information, and then if you're a sales rep, then you would say. I called Bill today about placing an ad in the paper, da 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 It's like a lot of data entry. It is not glamorous. It's not fun. But it turns you into Google, and all of a sudden, you are the one with all the data that's powerful. The important thing is, is most people, just think about yourself. I mean, when you go into uh, to a business that you appreciate, you're satisfied with the service, and they remember that it's your anniversary, or they remember that your kid's getting ready to go to college, or you can remember that their kid is overseas fighting for us right now. And you can truly address those things in real time authentically. Here's the key, authentically. Not like a robot spitting Google information out, but authentically like I'm truly 100% interested in you. Significance, each of us feel that. Each of us, are we, we reward people. How many times do you go into a bar, come in here to hometown, and they know exactly what we want to drink. They know exactly what we want to eat. And I don't even have to, you don't have to say a word. No. That makes you come back. It makes you come back. Yeah, makes you feel good. And I think if you haven't noticed, like we're really like nerdy about all this like business information stuff. And I think it might be important to even rewind further back and say like, how many of you have ever been anxious to spend money? Have you ever been in a point in your life where like, I'd really like to spend this fifty dollars, but that might not be the greatest idea. Fifth, even fifty bucks. You know, so it's like understanding where the client is coming from. Like anybody could be on a fixed income or going through a hard time in their life. Like being a good business owner means that you're creating an environment where like people, it's like that stress is alleviated. They don't have to question it. Like uh, if you're an IT business, like if somebody wants to spend money with you, it's a good thing for them. And that's a win if you can actually make them feel that way. Otherwise... Most people are like, oh, I don't want to have to get my car fixed. Oh, my laptop broke. Or, oh, I need a new pair of shoes. Or, oh, this. It's like we're always griping about having to spend money. Unless you're like Kanye West or something. Then it's just like, you know, you can make it rain on anybody. But spending money is not fun. So making somebody feel good about spending that money, <laughs> that's a good thing. And once again, you're welcome. But that's, but that's why we're actually so obsessed with it. Because it's like, I don't like spending money. I hate it when I have to spend money. Like, ask my girlfriend. Like, anytime she's like, we should go someplace fun. I'm like, yeah, but should we, though? <laughs> should we? Um, and so it t that's, that's what made me become obsessed with it. Because, man, i got to convince people to choose me over a thousand other photographers. I mean, any of you who are married, I mean, I'm sure you or, you know, if you're a wife. Because I know none of the husbands picked the photographer. But anyway, so she had to scroll through how many photographers to find the one you actually use. So in a sea of a thousand, you have to find the way to make that person feel good with spending money with you. When spending money typically doesn't feel good. So that's why I think... Am I right on that? It's like, mm -hmm. that's no. why we're obsessed with this because we know what it feels like to not want to spend your money. Well, you the know? thing is too, is that some, most, most of the businesses with the biggest profit margins solve the biggest problem. Yeah. So you have to remember too, a lot of, depending on what your job is, um, a lot of times when those people come in, it's for a bad reason. And again, so that makes that authenticity, that, that empathy, the way that you know them, the way that you can recount their life and prove you can tell how they feel takes that uh, edge off of them when you go to do business. And, you know, we're going to have an underlying theme tonight. And I think if the system's do done right that we're going to talk about for the rest of the evening, 
Because I like to call it sell without selling. And the way sell without selling is actually created is by doing what we're just speaking about. It is having a brand that matches me authentically. It's talking to the people that match me perfectly and the ones that I should be doing business with. And then me being a good human who truly cares about the people that I'm serving. Where their best interest truly is more important than, than my own. 100%. It's funny in this business, in any of our businesses, that when you give something away for free but you do it with value attached behind it, the reward is 10 to one. We're like, Eric, well, if it's free, 10 to one doesn't mean zero. That's not my point. It comes back around just drastically higher, for sure. Do you have any experiences where you can, you know, somebody came in not really too tickled with something or had a bad experience somewhere else in, in how you pivoted that and how, how you made that change? Well, if someone has a bad experience somewhere else, they're coming in telling you exactly what went wrong so you just avoid that shit <laughs> uh, I mean um, no really uh, anytime that someone comes in who's had a bad experience uh, elsewhere they really you just sit back and let them talk and you find out where the where the other person dropped the ball um, you make sure you don't make that same mistake and uh, over deliver for them so that there's no question in their mind where they go next time because uh, they know that you're going to take care of the problem so um, yeah in the so I, of, I, I'm going to say just so everyone knows I'm a sign maker I'm a print advertise I do advertise print uh, my job is to get the most effective message across with the fewest amount of words and I do that that's me um, so these guys are storytellers um, <laughs> And they're content creators, they're storytellers, they do Trevor's a great a sweet job. Guy. Give it up for Trevor. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Give him a little golf clap. He'll take a hug if anybody's interested. I will. Yeah. I will. I will. No, but uh, that—that is—that's my expertise. Is you know getting getting the message across with the fewest amount of words, and uh, efficiency. I like it. I do that. Yes, you do. So I guess the magic secret sauce that, that people are going to want to know is—is is, you know there's gazillions of ways to market our business today mm -hmm. right i mean you know the old yeah. trusty billboard you know the, the radio ad social media uh podcasting what are you seeing in your experience that is drawing you to products and services word of mouth it's been the tried and true no matter what comes and what goes it's always word of mouth it's the most powerful if you can make that one funny video that goes viral on TikTok and you get a bunch of business from that, fuck you. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Go buy me a lottery ticket. Because it's not, it's not feasible. You can't, you can't reproduce that. You know what I mean? You can't write a business book about how, like, oh, I made this one funny video, and here's how you can be funny like me. Like, it's not going to be like that. So it's word of mouth. Like, if you're a good person, you treat people right, and you're just good at what you do, then the word will get around. And the people who like what you do will come to you, and the ones who don't will go somewhere else. Word of mouth has been far and above more effective for me than anything else. I mean, Google still randomly takes money out of my account for Google Ads, and I don't even know what ad it's running. <laughs> I don't even, and I'm not a, I'm a nerd. I know how to check and change that, but I don't know what ad it's talking about. But it's like six ninety five a month, and I, I don't know which, I don't know what's going on. $695? No, $6.95. So I'm not that oh, it, about ain't, it. it ain't nothing at $6.95. <laughs> it's yeah. just enough for me to be like, yeah. what is that? And what ad is it? I don't You're know. coming up like number 4,007. 
No. Hey, my Google <laughs> rankings are pretty good. You can Google me right now. I've worked real hard on that, those bastards. Do they, if they all Google you, is that another six ninety five hit every time they do it? <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, Actually, you don't Google me right now. Like, you owe us four hundred bucks, pal. I think Tony brings up a good point. Uh, most of our businesses, and, and again, I know a good chunk of the people in the room, is that referrals and who we are and our circle of influence create somewhere between sixty and seventy percent of our revenue. We go out and we have to market to get the rest. So, in in a lot of businesses, not all. Every every business is different. Has different margins. It has different cost. Um, for most of us, our circle of influence and our word of mouth pay our bills. That's what keeps us cash flow. Take, puts money in the bank. Take money home to mama, for sure. It's the marketing is what gets the money above that. That's the money that we're competing from. It's the money that we're not normally going to get because of our circle of influence or, or you know somebody that knows one of our clients. Um, so the social media, any type of marketing that you find that's unique, um, I said billboards, whatever, if that works for you, cool. I don't see how that is even a thing anymore. Those people are looking at their phones. They're not even looking at the road. Why are they going to see a billboard? There was one on 250 that's got a dog taking a shit. <laughs> You're lying. I haven't seen that. But I would never know if you were lying. <laughs> I don't fucking look at it. I don't either, but I was, checking, I was texting when I was driving, and then it was up here. It was right up here. And I was just like... There's a dog taking a shit on a I billboard. Can't tell if you're they probably spent like forty man. grand for that. Wow. Yeah. I'm not lying. I, I bet money is forty grand. That's probably. It's, um, it's like twelve hundred bucks a month. Yeah. At least. And I, that's not the only. I mean, I can't think they put that out there just for me and two fifty. Nah, we're gonna get him. Yeah. You're lying to me, right? No, now. I'm, it's just south of uh, Olena. Northbound. You have to go northbound on 250. The dog shit billboard is a real thing. So you saw <laughs> the dog shitting. Do you know what company it was? Not a clue. I was too busy looking at the shit. I couldn't help. They should have gone. Would, you, would you call it a shitty advertisement? <laughs> okay, so then sorry, we're going to move on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I won't go that low again. So back to word of mouth. Um, chances are word of mouth referrals, those, those people fall into your ideal client. Um, if, if someone you've worked with is so ecstatic that they're referring you to their friends and family, chances are you connected with them. Um, in a positive way, you, you made an impression, and if they are coming to you because someone told them to, they're probably going to fall into that ideal client. I don't know that there's any more efficient form of marketing or advertising. It's the oldest. It is. So as far as marketing for that, for that top 20, 30%, the extras, what are you seeing with your clients that are coming in that you think is beneficial for them? And I know it's different for every business, but what are you seeing? Is, is there any generalities you can throw out? I'm racking my brain. Um, I don't know that there's any any uh, generalities that I can come up with as far as the referrals, other than we just created that that connection with them. Um, the ideal client doesn't have to be the same person, or the same type of person every single time. Different business. Uh, it, it, a lot of times, it's 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 that connection that you have with them. Um, let me ask the question this way. Sure. Because I, yep. I want to bring you back on the right stuck. path here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> let me ask it. Let me ask it this way. So again, in the room here, I can write. I know by looking around, there's quite a bit of social media being done in here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask it this way. What makes a worthless social media post for a business? 
Oh, oh we're going to have some shit right here. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be real quiet in here in about five minutes. <laughs> there, it slowly. Yeah. Come on. Uh, so if you're trying to sell on your social media posts, it's not going to do shit. Um, we... We play with that from time to time with us. You know, we set, we, our ads perform far worse than any candid photo we take at the shop. What's a candid photo? Authenticity, who you are. Um, I mean, it, it really comes back to being authentic. If, if you're trying to contrive and, and come up with these, you know, you're trying to impress anyone, first of all, that you're, you're going you're gonna to miss the ball. Um, you know, the most, the most authentic posts are the ones that uh, perform the best for us. I mean, a picture of an employee who just had a kid or, you know, they, they brought their dog into the shop. Those perform far better than, hey, we're having 15% off next week. Like 10 times difference. Um, I don't think, I think people are so inundated with buy me, come to me, save money here that there's nothing lands the things that land are being you being authentic showing real. who you are being real um so if your social media is, is full of a bunch of ads try something different because I, I can promise it's not it's not performing the way it should um yeah 100 yeah um for us personally I mean, our biggest ad is when Allie, uh, who is my CRM specialist over here, by the way, um, when she had her twins here just a month ago. I mean, it was our highest pulling Facebook post. Again, they do have statistics, y'all, so you can see what's working and what's not. So everything that we do in this entire process is measured, kept track of. Every client that comes in the door that we've never seen before, how did you hear about us? And if it's somebody referred them to you, I had, man, I think I'd take them to dinner. I'd send them a gift card. I'd send them some of your merch or something, right? If referrals are the easy way and they come in, let's take care of those people, yep. correct? Um, so 100%, and why did the, the picture of Allie and the twins, or I guess it was just the twins. I guess you tried to stay out of the picture, didn't you? Chicken shit. Um, <laughs> we tried to pimp around, it didn't work. Um, no, uh, what, the reason why, why did that work? They weren't being persuaded weren't being persuaded. They were being convicted that these are real people in our industry, financial services, that is usually institutional. Big marble pillars, fancy dudes in suits, you know, fancy cars, private parking spaces, three, three um, uh, receptionists to get into somebody you actually want to talk to, um, you being talked down to like you're an idiot and you're dumb and you really don't know how to do it and then I'm going to charge you and you don't even know what you're paying for. That's our industry that we compete in today. So when I put something out or we put something out um, that actually shows that we're real people just like you. We're just like you. Put pants on. Well, not all the time, but most of the time. Put pants on um, and, and have the same fears, the same hopes, the same dreams, and the things that we're proud of are family. Just like you're proud of your family. Those are things that are selling without selling. It's actually convincing the person that's looking at that post that they're just like me. They think like me. They believe like me. So if they're going to come out and they're going to talk to me someday, I've already taken away the cold call. I've already taken, we've already, or we're two meetings into a sales process 
because we've already they already know who we are, what we believe in. And get this, this is the be- this is even better yet. If you're some anti-American non-patriot dude, you're not going to like me. I prove that in my social media so I don't ever have to talk to you. You're not I am not your guy. And that's cool. I'm not saying you're wrong or I'm right. I'm just saying you're not a good fit for me and I'm not a good fit for you. So being authentic, being true, showing what you value, what's important to you, not only brings the people that you want to do business with, with, with you to, oh, uh, my God, I need one more drink. You should drink more. <laughs> not only brings the people that you want to do business with to you, but it also keeps the ones you don't want to do business with away. Make sense? Of course. I think it's because we generally know that money can be the root of all evil or it can be the source of a lot of awesome things. It can go both ways. But the one that's spouted off the most is that money is the root of all evil. And so if, if you're asking somebody to spend their money, which let's be real, money is time. You don't just get money for free. You gotta go give your time, which is your life. When you're born, you don't know it, but you have X amount of days here on earth. And that's it. Not, not one less, not one more. That's it, that's all the time you have. Where'd you here. hear that at? I made it up. <clears throat> So <laughs> that's, that's depressing, but, but it's also uplifting mm-hmm. depending on how you look at it because my time, I'm going to go in and clock, punch the clock, punch the clock. I know so many people who punch the clock who hate their lives and I know people who punch the clock, they love their lives. But anyway, that's not the point. If you're asking somebody to give you money, what you're really saying is give me your time. Give me the one thing in life that you know you have a limited amount of and you're not even sure how much that is. You can check your savings account. You know how much is there, Right but you can't check your days. And when you're asking somebody to give you money, you're asking them to give you their life. Seems dramatic, but it's not. That's actually what you're doing. So to make them feel comfortable, to make them feel like they're in the right place at the right time, making the right decision is everything. And and that can't be overstated. I mean, somebody like Ford, BMW, Nike, Verizon, how much fucking money, sorry, my, I, that's the whiskey talking, but how much <laughs> money do you think they spend every single year to make sure that their advertising is on point, that their marketing is on point, to make certain of it, that you see it. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? We've all seen that commercial. And that was from almost 20 years ago. And it's still effective. They spent a lot of money to do that. And so somebody who's going to do business with Eric or me or Trevor or whomever in this room, man, you're asking them a lot, to be honest, even if it's a $7 purchase. So I, I don't think it can be taken lightly. I don't think any of this can be taken lightly. Well, I think, it, I think it leads to, before we move on to sales, because that's, to me, that's the easy part of the whole thing, if we do everything else right. If we do everything else right, but it's still a dirty word. It is a dirty word, for sure. Um, you, you, yeah, you'll be saying it 10 times then, for sure, for the night's out. Uh, Trevor, <laughs> yeah. so we want to go backwards. We, we made marketing sound like it's this ah, perfect thing. I want somebody to understand, like, what do they need for a budget? Or how do they come in and they create logos and and merch and design? And when is that important to do that? Just kind of get into new business owner, existing business, looking to freshen things up a little bit. What's that process? And and what kind of a budget should I put into place, you know, to do something like that? That's the... That's the million-dollar question. That's why I asked uh, you. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm going to say it's different for everyone. It depends on what you want. Um, what, how effective do you want your brand to be? Um, I, I will say from experience that it's probably the last thing that most business owners think of is their branding. They're, they're all, you know, got to get the storefront going. We got to get, you know, get our vendors lined up. They blow their budget on 
getting everything ready, and then they show up and they're like, "Hey, can I get a sign for a hundred bucks?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can. You won't like it. You got a marker, and it'll be this big. <laughs> but it's it's really it, a lot of times branding's an after an afterthought, and it's it's really the foundation of your business and. Um, you know, if you really want to talk numbers and what should you budget when you're starting a business to, to build your brand, logo, signage, whatever, uniforms, how many employees are you going to have? You're going to have 20 employees? You're going to have you get sole proprietor? Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think to budget any less than, you know, $2,500 bare minimum mm -hmm. to start. Um, I mean, it really just depends. Uh We've had startups come in and they'll, they'll spend $100. We've had startups come in and they'll spend $10,000. Um, it really depends on how much you value your brand and how much, what you want to portray, what you want, uh, how, how you want to be, be portrayed in, in your customer's eye or your potential customer's eye. Um, and, you know, we throw out numbers and, and it can have some sticker shock, but done right. The money you put into a brand should, is an investment. Mm. It's it's not an expense, um, and I and I understand not not all the time you have the capital to 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 spend what you should, but any money you put into making your brand stronger will come back tenfold. So again, I've kind of watched Trevor go through this, and I think this is imperative. You know, we've already talked about how foundational the, the brand processes you know finding out and deciding exactly what that is who you are what you believe how you treat people that type of thing is trevor's going to sit down when you come to sit down with somebody like trevor or a professional designer of any kind um they're they're going to ask you some questions and try to find out foundationally who you are they're going to try to get out of you what your why is they're going to try to figure out who the ideal client is that you're trying to talk to because even though it just seems like a simple logo even though it may just be how you design a t-shirt or some merch, a coffee cup, whatever it is, to make everything congruent, to make everything so it works together. And if we're spending 2,500 bucks in a lot of businesses, that's a lot of money. We wanna make sure that we're getting bang for our buck. So the smart thing to do is instead of sitting there pounding it out with yourself on some online design store, is to sit down with a professional, whether it's Trevor or somebody else and sit down and let them go through that process and, and let them see who you are through your eyes. And they'll get a good understanding of what that foundational logo and what that uh, corporate DNA, so to speak, is for your business. Is that fair? Yeah, one of the most expensive things you'll ever, you'll ever put your money on is a, is a cheap logo. 100%. Opportunity cost. A cheap brand. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if that's what you want, that's, that's fine, but you know, uh, a, a money, money in your brand is money well spent. Hundred percent. Now, a, a lot of guys, Tony, I know you're competing with out here. Um, is everybody's got a cell phone now? Yeah. So you know, during this marketing process, we're going to create content. That's right. Is my seven-year-old kid and their iPhone their proper way to go about creating pictures, videos, and artwork for our Facebook page, or is there what is what is the value of not doing it that way? So the question is, is there value in hiring a professional in that realm or can you DIY it? Mm -hmm. And I think it's an excellent question. And I think it honestly depends on what your business is. Again, I'll go back to Pete's Piston Shop, Get Shafted. 
think that's a really funny thing. I can and see the uh, logo those right of now, you dude. Laughed. Thank you, because yeah. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, so anyway, I think in some cases, yeah, the cheaper cell phone with the my kid telling you to buy my cookies for your wedding or something like that, with the dog running around and barking in the background, that's endearing to some. And in fact, that might be closer to your target audience, because it ain't the bride. It's probably the mom who's paying for the cookies. Who for the wedding, right? So she's going to respond to the kid and the dog and the barking and all the, the family environment of like, hey, buy my cookies because I know what it's like to have such a special day. Okay? So like, they're going to resonate with that. That might actually work. And you don't need me to come in and be like, well, it's going to be $2,200 for, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but in some situations, you want that clean, crisp, edited, directed, stylized approach to your brand. And it just depends on who you are and what you do. And I think for any business owner in here, you would know which category you fall into without me having to elaborate. I think it's pretty self-evident. You're kind of going to do the same thing, though, when you sit down with like a graphic designer or whatever, is you're going to actually try to get a feel from interviewing them who they are, what they believe, what their client looks like, what's important. So you can yep. craft and direct appropriate material for their for their post yeah if, if for example like if you're a tattoo shop and your 11 year old nephew draws somebody with a middle finger and you know a tattoo right here or something like that and that's your logo but then you get to tell everybody yeah my 11 year old nephew man he's so cool he's gonna be so awesome he plays guitar and stuff like he drew that for me on a napkin that's epic right if you're in a the tattoo story. shop but if you're selling generators or you're building houses or, you know what I mean, it's, it's not going to work. So you, first of all, in order to create the content that you're going to put out there, you have to know like who, who is actually going to be giving you the money for the services or products that you're going to be selling. Um, and then that's going to help you know who you're marketing towards. And then you hire somebody like me or many others like me. It's not a it's not shameless promotion, I swear. Although I do have some business cards for anyone who's interested. Um, <laughs> That was not selling without selling, by the way. That's not what he's talking about. Yeah, you ruined um, it. I did. <laughs> Start over. But on purpose, though. Yeah, there um, you go. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I think I think an iPhone is great. I think a lot of people could start with an iPhone, you know? I mean, I don't want to call her out because she'll yell at me on the way home, but like my girlfriend has a fashion business, and there's times where I go out of my way, and I'm like taking pictures with like my, my good camera, and let me tell you, it's a good camera. Um, and then there's other times where she's like, yeah, I just went to the office and took some with my cell phone. Like, what do you think? And I look at him and I'm like, shit, that looks just fine. Just fine with your phone. But don't fucking tell anybody that you took that with your phone, okay? Um, because it, it just, it just, it shows the clothes, it shows the fit. And that's fine enough, you know? But then there's other times where the quality of camera does matter. Um, and, I, and, and I could give a long list of examples, but it'll cost you. Nice. Well, we want to take a quick break.